0: Before we start the podcast, who's helping us introduce it?
1: Hey Miguel
0: and Holly, how are you guys doing today?
2: Hey Jacob, we're good. What's going on too? Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, um well, um I have a question for you guys. If you guys because because the I just listened to your most recent podcast just recently on Wednesday, you know what it said? It said when it it said when our contracts are up. So tell me, Miguel Fuller, is this true or what? Uh, I mean,
2: is what true?
0: Is it true what it says on the podcast that your contracts are going to be up by the end of the year? So can you tell me how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it it is true. A contract has an end date and that means you're no longer employed. But then usually what happens is you go into negotiations and you talk about things that you want. The company tells you what they want and then you agree to do a new contract and then you it starts for another set of few years. And that has an end date, and you just keep doing that over and over and over until you get sick of each other. Wow. And and Miguel Fuller and Holly O'Connor, you guys do a good morning show together, so I want you to guys to stay here. You know, I don't want you to go to another station because I don't want to hunt you guys down. Especially <laughs> <laughs> I, I will O'Connor. find you. Like, I mean,
2: it's fine, but I would just rather not have to go through the work <laughs> I'm like, can you not? Because I got things to do.
0: Uh, so I think we'll need to call our agent and tell her. that <laughs> Jacob will hunt you down. <laughs> will hunt you down.
2: I mean, not in a good, like, and it's going to take a lot of time. Of the body, if you go with him, I will hunt you down, too. Don't. Ooh. Okay.
0: <laughs> I
2: love I'm, it. I'm, a lot of hunting. Well, after. I mean, I'm just saying. i
1: I'm I'm just no. saying. That's a famous phrase. I don't right. want to hear that.
0: Well, uh, Jacob, two times, tell everybody what podcast that you're listening, that they're listening to where you'll hunt them all down.
2: <laughs> okay 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 guys i just want you to know if you can find holly o'connor and miguel fuller you're listening to the holly o'connor <laughs> podcast hopefully not for the last time this year on oh, hot 101.5 oh wow oh it's going real quick, quick. I'm I'm
0: going quick. I'm fuller, but- unscripted unshackled uncouth what you're about to hear is for mature audiences only it's miguel fuller holly o'connor and- Scotty the Body. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only on Hot 101.5. Take it easy. No. You know, that's what I'm most excited for in this moment is to get in my car and put on new Adele and just like blast it.
1: You know what I want to do? I want to sit in my room with like a candle, get out a notebook, turn off the lights, and I want to listen to it on headphones and like allow myself to get emotional. And, like, journal about it, you know?
2: Like, write down notes? Yeah, because, like, I got that feeling
1: when I first heard the new song from Adele. Yeah. And I was like, damn, like, I could tell this song could hit me if I wanted to. But I think, like, for me, I have to let that happen. Like, I can't just be like, all of a sudden it just hits me. I'm like, I got to be like, emotion door, open. Mm.
2: Yes, it depends. Because that's how it it went. (laughs) The door is ajar. Emotion, ajar. That's how uh, Hello went for me. Mm. Miguel, I don't know if you remember this, but we were driving from Tampa to St. Pete across the Howard Franklin Bridge. I don't remember who else was in the car. Might have been our old producer, Nikki. And um, it was raining. Oh, God. And Hello was on. So it was like 2015. (laughs) And 2015, I'll be honest, was a rough year for old Holly O'Connor. That was a bad, it was a bad year. Just all together, it was a very difficult year. And we were listening to it. It's raining. We're on the bridge. And all of the things that I was feeling and that song hit. And I was like belting it as I looked out the window and that's when it just everything like it came loose. Mm. So now when I hear hello, I think of that moment and mm. I go back to those feelings. That's why like songs are time travel machines because it it hello. puts you back there. And like in my head literally right now, I'm like, it's uncomfortable. Absorb- mm. It's good because that those feelings are needed. Like life is not all just happy feelings. They're sad and complex and, you know... It's all over again. And so when that song plays, it brings me to that place in Mm. my life. So I haven't made a memory with this new Adele song yet. And I haven't really attached anything from my life to it. It's coming. But like Scott said... It's coming. That's what it's for. Yes! Yes.
0: You know, I was listening to this podcast yesterday. Um, It's the one I talked about last podcast called uh, Throughline. Mm. And... It was an interesting like I almost didn't listen to it because I was like, "Well, this sounds kind of boring." It's called the because I want to get it right. Uh, let me see through mine. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's a podcast. We can take some time. Um, mm, look for it. Ah, mm, the podcast is entitled. This episode is the Nostalgia Bone. Uh, and the description is, the global pandemic has spawned a different type of epidemic, one of an entirely different nature, a nostalgia outbreak. Longing for simpler times and better days, many of us have been turning to mm. 90s dance playlists, TV sitcoms, and sports highlights, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, eh, that sounds interesting, kind of. I was, and then I had, like, listened to everything else for the day. So I'm like, well, let me just put it on. Yeah. And it was fascinating because this is what makes that podcast so great is they, like, start from, like, the beginning and how back in like the 1600s oh, when uh, dang. people would be at war and they had this condition where when they would send, that's when like they started conquering different um, continents and countries. Mm-hmm. And so they would send soldiers out and then the soldiers would be stricken with this disease that they couldn't put a name to. And they sort of like walk through like the different ways that they tried to figure out what was going on with the soldiers But what they realized, it was basically homesickness. It was an emotion.
2: Yeah. And how they were
0: longing for nostalgia, for things that were home. Mm. Ah. And so, to circle back to Adele and to music that you felt, we in our society and as humans, not even just America, but as humans, don't give enough power to emotions Mm. and what they can do because even before they could even put a name to what it was they thought it was a physical ailment so like when these guys were homesick and they couldn't get out of bed
2: stereotypical masculine answer
0: right they would be like well how can we physically fix it and so they would use like leeches or bloodletting and Ah. all these other things to fix it but it was an emotion it was a powerful emotion they felt and so that's why because i sometimes have thought this in especially being in radio and like what we do and we interview a lot of artists and we see how people feel. So just connected to artists and it's like an artist writes a song like Adele did with this new one. She writes it out. It's meaningful to her. Mm -hmm. She records it. She, They press upload, and it's like the world just changes all of a sudden yeah. because of that one thing she did. And I'm like, well, why doesn't that happen to us? Like, why can't we be rich and famous like Adele and like superstars? But because we say words that we do evoke emotion, Yeah, but it's very literal what we say, whereas a song and music and the sounds – it creates something different and unique for every person that you hear. Yeah. And so that's why when you said that, and I thought about that nostalgia podcast about we don't give enough credit to emotions and, as a human race. Well,
2: that's uh, – which is so unfortunate. This is this is the um, consequence of having lived in the masculine for so long.
0: Right. And, right. I
2: mean, that's why the feminine is dawning. I have a little – Fun. Uh, the 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 feminine is dawning because we um we've been living in the masculine too long and the masculine shuts down the emotion because the masculine is the doing and the um you know the conquering and yeah. the, the light and Oof. it's active, whereas the feminine is dark, it's sort of mysterious, it's passive, it's being instead of doing and um, feeling, and because long ago the men then decided we don't need that, they you don't realize life is a balance. You have to have both, and so I think for so long we've been living in that masculinity that we we haven't been able to access the femininity, and men and women need both. Right. So it's like uh, finally we're starting to open ourselves up more to the feminine, which is only going to heal us, and that's where artists, I think, hit that sweet spot where they kind of merge or uh, bridge that gap between the feminine and the masculine, because mm. music is so universal. Right, it's going to make you feel something, whether you uh, maybe whether you want to or not. And so that's where I think music is sort of transcendent, beyond that masculine feminine chasm.
0: And it means something different to everyone. And yeah. that's why. So everyone
2: brings their own experience to it. Right. But it, it like unlocks that power of you to feel your feelings.
0: And that's one of, one of the first big arguments that my fiance and I ever gotten to is because he, he used to say like, um, oh, my gosh, that music is stupid. Oh, or yeah, yeah. I don't. It's oh, I hate it. And I would say constantly over and over. And I'm like. Just because you don't understand it and it doesn't speak to you doesn't mean that it doesn't speak to me. Like, you're basically telling me. I'm not valid. Right. That, like, what I listen to. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, he listens to emo rock music like our sister station 97x big thing like as soon as they announced it I sent an email I was like hey can Abe get tickets because like I'm not going because that music doesn't speak to me I I don't connect with it yeah and he loves it and like whenever I'm not around or if I come home and he's doesn't know I'm there and he's doing something he has music on I'm like girl what you going through (laughs) like why is this music so sad but then I listen to all of these like Tina Turner, Aretha Franklin, Whitney Houston, because it connects yeah. to me with another side that I feel like I've I don't know my history, my personal history, and I want to connect in yeah. these powerful Black women that succeeded when every single mm. thing in society set them up, set up for failure, yep. for failure, exactly. and they buck the trend, and they and so I connect with that, and I want to and it, I I want to like live in that energy, and that's why I feel like the past few years. That's all I listen to outside of when we're on the radio here is that. So it speaks to me that way, but he doesn't get it because he's not a black gay man, you know. So it's like that's why I hate when people say, "Ugh, John Mayer, that's so stupid. Or like we, like we joke on the show about Olivia Rodrigo, but I don't I, – I joke because it's slow, but like I know if you are in that like 18 to 25 or – technically any age, Yeah. if it speaks to you, if you're going through heartbreak or you've been through that heartbreak and you're like, that bitch gets me. Yes. I would never put you down for it and say, oh my God. I'd be like, I don't want to hear it. But you could listen to it. in that way and
2: I totally get it. Like as a person who's not living in that heartbroken world, I have less of a desire to listen to it. So when I've heard it for the... 300th time <laughs> and the other three songs that she's put out are basically the same thing with a different tempo and i'm not in that world i'm like uh because i'm not in it right it's not for me in this moment it's not for me but that doesn't mean it's not super valid for you yeah. if she had come out with that shit in 2015 i would have been like thank god oh, you someone betrayed gets it. me uh, I knew that you never It's an interesting conversation it. because my la, 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 know how do I want to go about this? Um someone very close to me has bipolar disorder and um with his different moods, uh if there's like a swing towards one way or another, that's going to be for a whole different podcast because it's so interesting. Um I always can tell when there's about to be a shift. Because of the music that he listens to. Oh, mm. whoa. Always. So like for a good portion of the summer, he was in like, let's say the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 soundtrack. So it's like
0: the more a beat?
2: More upbeat. It's like older, like some of the, like the seventies and eighties, like oh. upbeat poppy rock tunes, mm. like Brand is such a fun girl. And then now like um I can't stop this feeling oh. like that one, mm-hmm. and uh, there's there, that is a great soundtrack. Yeah, it is. So it was like, and every time he showers, that's what's like blaring. So I'm like, okay, I got this. I'm, he's like singing, mm. I'm listening. I've already said who it is, my person. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Surprise. I was like, is it your cousin? It's my cousin. <laughs> I can hear it when he showers. It's my person. Um, we won't get into all that right now, the the details of it. But the, the point is the music, you can always tell, and I find it that's interesting that it's linked to mood. So I would say uh, maybe about through the month of late, like late August into all of September, the music's shifted. Mm. We're not listening to Guardians of the Galaxy 2 soundtrack anymore. All of a sudden, and I, I personally can't stand this when oh. he gets in this, He's in his James Taylor mood.
0: Oh, oh, that's like.
2: I don't even know about James Taylor. Like, that is like some. My
0: grandma loves James Taylor. Uh, is life. it like folksy? Yeah. yeah.
2: It's like folksy Blue and jeans. very like feelingsy. And yeah. It's like then you've got like the James Taylor, Carol King like uh, duets. And it's just like. A very emotional and sort Mm. of sometimes it's really sad, but it's very real. And then I can tell that we're heading into a little bit of a downward passion. And I'm like, when I start to hear James Taylor in the bathroom, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So it's been James Taylor for a while. (laughs) That And then literally yesterday, it was not James Taylor. I'm trying to think. I have to think what it was because I was like, wait a second. As you not James Taylor. What was it? It was, because uh, early, like in the spring, it was Dua Lipa. <laughs>
0: that was fun. That is a fun.
2: But yesterday, what was it? It was something different, and I can't.
0: As you think about it, let me tell about James Taylor. Oh. I never oh. knew anything about James Taylor, who, what, or what a, what a what a James Taylor was. What a James. What a James. Um, Until Abe was telling me that growing up, he, he doesn't like James Taylor because he always associates it with his mom. Listening to James Taylor and cleaning. And it was like anytime he would come home on a Sunday from hanging out with his friends and it was blaring from the house, he knew that it was like, It's cleaning day. Fuck, we gotta clean the house. Right? <laughs> See? The association's great. Right? So anytime he hears it, its body tenses up and he's like, Here I we gotta go. gotta clean some
1: shit Get the mug. <laughs> oh no!
2: Not cleaning! I hate you, James! <laughs> Lot of older people do yes. like James Taylor's, that's right. why when he plays it, I'm just like, <laughs> like, and I never would, like, you know, make any type of fate or anything about it because, like, that's what soothes his soul and his mood oh, yeah. in that mood. Mm-hmm. So, yesterday, and i I'll think of it at some point later in the podcast and I'll just blurt it out, <laughs> but it was more upbeat than James Taylor, mm. and so I'm like, oh, okay, 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 we're out of our James Taylor, we're moving mm-hmm. on up, let's move out of that. So, I Think it's fascinating, and you can see it with someone like him whose moods do fluctuate. Right. And like, he's it's good, he's not like in this a wild swinging um mood phase right now, which is great. Uh, it's just like a little bit of an up and down, and so you can just tell because and it. We're, it's not just for people with a possible mood disorder, it's all of us. When you are heartbroken, you want to listen to Olivia Rodrigo, you want to, uh, if you're you know going through something, maybe you want to listen to Adele. When I was also, this is the last story I'll tell because I feel like I'm rambling now. Uh, I heard "Shut Up and Dance," come on, hey. walk the moon, and I was at a stoplight. It came on the radio the other day, and I was like, "Yes, turn this up." And I have such a positive connection with that song because when I when it was 2015 and I was just in a black hole of despair. Sorry, it was, um, and I was like Adele was. It, I would listen to Sean Mendez stitches and be like, mm. needle and a thread, gonna wind up dead. And I was like, <laughs> oh God. Walk the like, moon yeah. came out with Shut Up and Dance. Mm. And it was pretty much the only thing that would make me smile at that time. And when I would hear it in my car, it was reassurance that. Life was still good mm. because that song, whatever the chords and the s- lyrics and the vo- with their voices, it w- it hit my soul different, and it was like a little reminder. I have it. Hey, wake up, wake up from your depression fog for just a minute because you're gonna get through this. You're gonna because get through. this song exists, so it has to come from somewhere, and it and it did it. It was like the one thing that I would like hold on to sometimes it was so powerful so powerful let's
0: go down this 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 train i like this hold on we had to wait for the mcdonald's ad to play yeah.
2: the video really like mcdonald's <laughs> yeah you hear that it's like angel just keep your eyes on me i said
1: reminds me of going to USF. It's mm. like the song when you
0: went into orientation. This is what the orientation leaders would walk out to when I was just joining. Mm. The the to me, this reminds me of that time because we had just started working here. Yeah. And I just remember, there's probably a video, I think, of Nikki was our producer at the time. Yeah. And you were, let's get it. It's building. Just remember, ah, you one day so getting up. This is when we didn't talk for a lot during the show, so yeah, we, we would play like five <laughs> all, songs in a row. We'd a be one. like, "Well, you want to go get a breakfast somewhere?" <laughs> um, but I remember you getting up and just having your headphones on and just dancing it out. And it was like the first time in some weeks that you actually looked happy. Yeah. And it, it, I, it was right. Damn, that's and, powerful. Holy and shit. so, like when I hear that song, that's what I think of—is that time of you just being like, "I'm so happy. She's got something." Yeah. So, Scott, what song speaks to you from the past like that that brings up that nostalgia feeling? I have no idea right off the top of my
1: head. Nostalgia feeling? Nothing. Or is there
0: something like a, a song that you like? That you have a powerful emotion attached to. I mean, something I listen, that-
1: like, when I go through, like, heavy emotion, like, I listen to, like, a lot of James Ar- Arthur, mm. like, that dude gets me in
0: the frickin' feels, like, hardcore. That's good stuff. Say so You Won't Let Go? Oh, yeah. Now, oh, man. What was going on in your life at the time? I don't know if it was that- at
1: the time. To- like, a lot of these songs, like, growing up, I was not into the pop scene. I didn't really know new music, and so I didn't discover these songs until, like, randomly on, like, my Spotify. Turn it back up. Where, like, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, what is this? But I'm just, you know, for me, I guess it's like I find it. I'm like, you know, I'm just, I love love. And, like, that's what these songs all remind me of. And, like, I'm cool with heartbreak. That's fine. Like, I want to feel it. But mainly it's like, you know, songs were an escape for me to actually, like, show emotion, feel the emotion, understand the emotion. And then, like, you know, have songs like this is like, oh, man, it just, I can't wait to like, you know, like, I'm pumped for your wedding, Miguel. Like, I just can't wait to have, like, that day mm. to find, like, my, you know, to be in that moment and be like, this is my, like, person forever in that moment. Mm. But also, like, him, Ed Sheeran, like, definitely, he has a couple songs out right now that connect on a completely different emotional level, especially with, like, my mom, mm. like, passing, like, he has a couple songs that just Throw it in a whole other gear. That it's like there's one song I haven't been able to listen to like since my mom's passed. Like because I'm am scared for what it's gonna do. But he also mm. just came out with another song that just it connected with me like more than I've ever had a song connect with me. And it's called it's Visiting Sh- Hours. It's one that mm. he just released. Yeah, from oh. Ed Sheeran. And the first time I heard it, I was like I literally had a moment of just like everything stopped. And I was like, holy shit, this is like everything I would want to put into words. Everything that I'm feeling. Everything that I could possibly express is in this one song. What it, it says it's visit. called Visiting Hours. It's Ed Sheeran's latest one. And it's pretty much a story about, you know, when you lose someone, and all you want to do is just visit. And all you want to do is just have them back into your life again. And all you miss is that one phone call, and you just wish you could go up there and be like, Hey, like, can I just bring you back? Like, for a little bit. And you know it wouldn't be for the greater good. And you know they're always with you. But there's so many things, and one of my struggles, like, and it's gonna be a struggle forever, and I share this with my dad all the time, is like, understanding that there's going to be so many milestones in my life that I'm not going to be able to share, like, audibly with my mom. Mm-hmm. And in that song, when he says things like that, when he's talking about his daughter growing older, and, like, you would love to see it, talking about, you know, whoever that guardian's for him, whether it's his mom or grandmother or whatever it is in the song, for me it would be my mom. It's like that's something I think about on the daily, yeah. where it's like I think about that, where I'm like, these are going to happen. You know, the wedding's going to happen. A child's going to be born. All of these things are going to happen, and it's like I just, you know— I would want to express what it's like to you. I'd want you to see this. I'd want to tell you all about it. And when he said that in the song, I was like... To hear it as beautifully saying as Ed Sheeran does, like, oh, man, to a whole other world. Like, mm. that song. And there's another one, Supermarket Flowers. Like, we have played that on the podcast, like, years ago.
2: I remember. Yeah. I remember that.
1: And that's the one, like, I can't listen to, it like, currently. Because it's just, like, mm. that song was my reality. And so I don't think... For that song, I don't know if there's ever a song that's like I've lived through as like spot on with that song. Like listening to the lyrics of him explaining everything, you know, from like the hospital to the flowers to the emotion that you're going through. I'm like, holy, like that was my reality. Like that was legit word on word, everything Mm. that was going through. And so, you know, after my mom passed and that's like, I'm like, "Mm, I'm gonna take a break on that one for a second because I used to listen to that before to kind of help me express what I was, you know going through and now it's like oh wow okay well that's a spot-on representation of what actually happened Mm. to him
0: ed sharon okay yeah
1: i didn't know that until now when i just talked it through
0: that's why i i feel like for you because you are such a happy go lucky you encourage others that i feel like as your friend like not even what we do for a living I have to, like, stop you and say, like, think for a second, like, reflect, because you're such a, like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. The next thing, the next thing. Right, and I'm like, wait, wait, hold on, let's take a second, and it's okay to pause and just reflect and just think about what you've been through, because I told you this the first time I ever met you, I could tell, and I told you that the first time, I was like, you are an onion, and, like. You have so many layers that need to be pulled aside to get to the core. Yes. Because so many people I've met in my career that we have, that I thought had uh, potential. The, well, hold on, hold on, let me rephrase that. There are people that want to do this job that I had the sense of they are one dimensional. Mm. That I'm like, that's a person that doesn't feel deeply and that they can't connect. And to do this job, you have to be able to, like, emote. I mean,
2: really do the job. Right.
0: And there has to be something there for people to say, I identify with that person. And for you, I could tell that there was something there, that there was Mm -hmm. something there. Because by that time, you had had, like, a pretty, like, easy, like, white boy from a nice Florida town. You just were about to graduate college and go into this career. And I'm like, there's something else there. And I I felt it on that fucking car lot you know, what, three or four years ago, I was like, there's something there. Yeah. And then as we've gotten to know you and we've sort of dug away. And that there is and let me tell you, Scott Tavlin, there is so much more that is there that you haven't realized and that you haven't touched that in your career, I hope that you go deep and you find some of that stuff that's there. And not even just for your career and like relating to people, but mm-hmm. you come to peace in terms with on your own.
2: Yeah, but that may not be for right now. Right. Oh, exactly. Mm. That's why
0: I said in the future, because yeah. you're not there. You still got the present stuff that you have to deal with right, right. now. Yeah. We,
2: things come to us when we're able to, when, when it's our time to deal with them.
0: Right. Oof. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know,
1: to hear that, I have no idea what that will be or what that looks like. But, yeah, you know, you obviously it's slowly evolved until this point. Like, I like the person I am now because, you know, the ex- like experiences and people that I've met that have allowed me to kind of, You know, take a layer back, take a layer back, and there's actually, you know, like, I just think about a couple experiences that I've gone through. Like, when I first went to college and I met a couple people that just opened my eyes to new people and understanding different walks of life. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that the other day when I was like, you know, I don't know what the conversation was, but understanding, you know, how to put yourself in other people's shoes and understand that it's like, whoa, like, I was so just, like, I had no idea before I actually moved to Tampa of, like, just... How many different types of people there are and to be accepting of all of it. Yeah. And like I'm like that's that's okay. It's just it's so crazy to see like how these little moments kind of add up and you know, slowly it's just it's building and building and building until now where it's like, you know, I'm pretty, pretty happy with who I am and it's just interesting to see who it's gonna
0: slowly evolve into in the next couple of years. And we all keep evolving. Yes. Yes. We all I remember I used to try to think about like what would a thirty year old Miguel look and feel like, what would a 40-year-old, a, th- a mid-30-year-old. And I could not imagine that I would be who I am because there are things that have popped up from my past that are affecting me now that I had no clue where it had had, like, taken root inside of my soul and my personality. And so it's not until, like, things happen in your life that it brings it up and you're like, oh, shit. So when that happened to me back then, that's what that means now. Oh, that totally makes sense.
2: And I think young people... Because we did this exact same thing, Miguel, you and I when <laughs> we were in our 20s. Mm-hmm. Like, young people like to make, I will always do this or right. I would never do that. Right. Like, I don't know why. It's just that phase of life you go through where You just feel like
0: you know everything.
2: You do. Ah, oh, geez. My mom's calling me and I know what it's about to be about.
0: Uh-oh. Do you need to take a second?
2: <sighs> <laughs> if you want, yes. go ahead.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Go yes. ahead. Go ahead. No, we'll anyway, keep going. The
2: point is that, you know- when you're when you get older you you realize you broke all that shit yes. <laughs> you said you well, were never
0: gonna do. It's true. I mean one of the things that I said uh when I was I remember I was seventeen, my freshman year of college and my first one of my first boyfriends that I dated back then and he was in his mid twenties, he was like um by the way, I was seventeen, my birthday is in August. So I when I say my fr- I was seventeen for two weeks. Oh, okay. college. Then I turned 18. That, so Just so we know, nothing shady was going on. Uh, but he was, I was like, I will never hook up. I will never drink. I won't go to clubs. I won't do this. Mm. And he would just sit back and be like, okay. Yeah, look at how that turned out. Okay. And then, like, years later, I saw him at a club in Savannah where I had a cocktail in my hand, and I was talking to some boy that I had just met at the club, and I was like, well, (laughs) see how those never statements worked out for me when I was 17, 18? Mm. Not so much.
1: Yeah, I try to, like, that whole phrase, like, never say never. Well, I, I mean, it's just kind of, it's shown time after time that things continue to, like, just change, and I'm like... Okay, well, I'm walking back on that statement, which is completely fine, but it's just, it's funny when it happens. You're like, that's why that's a thing. Like, mm-hmm. never say never. That's what I, I mean, when people talk like that around me, I'm like, ah, anything could happen. I mean, there's a lot of life left to live. Mm. It's right. not, you know, counted out just yet. Like, it could happen. And if it does, it's okay.
0: In that's perfect, why it's okay. so hard, like, sometimes in my friend group, we have, like, younger people that'll come in for a little while, and they are, like, so, like, I think this, and I think that, and blah, blah. You're so sure of yourself. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, boo, boo. But then, like, I remember being that age. Yeah. And not, I'm like, well, let me live my life. You lived yours, so don't put my shit down. This is what where I stand. Um, And so I try to, like, be like, well, yeah, girl, you get it. You do that thing. If you need some advice or some guidance, I'm always here. I I don't know everything. I don't know a lot of stuff, but I can help you feel your way through it. If you feel like you're stuck or you're at a crossroads, you've said that same exact phrase to me. Oh, what did why was
1: it again? Like you do you boo, but just know.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've done – I mean, especially since we've lived together, and so I feel like I've been a part of your life personally and professionally for the first part of it. And so I've seen you make decisions, and I'm just like, do it. You need to experience it. You need to experience it. But that's where – I I understand where parents come from. That's what I'm about to say. I am –
2: it's going to be so difficult. It's
0: hard. It's so because, hard. Because like, it's one thing
2: for you to watch Scott, who is not even your flesh and blood, right? do these things. <laughs> like Then the child that you birthed and spent so many years like having to worry and stress about, and then you see them making decisions that are bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because that's what kids do. Yep. Right. And we just all be do like, it. oh, no, this is going to end bad.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: just shut up about it.
0: Yeah. It's just like you just, you see, it's like I can see all the steps happening and all I can do is say is, you do you boo. <laughs> I am here to help in whatever way you want my help. I will not volunteer anything, but if you need it, I am here for you. Yeah. As support is all that's needed.
2: That's right. Ah.
0: Um. Oh. So one of the songs that really connected with me, no surprise, a John Mayer song. Um, I just remember hearing the song for the first time and I'll sort of walk through God, even when I hear the first chords of that song, it just takes me back to high school. Mm-hmm. Huh. Welcome to the
1: your life, plotted out in black and white, well I never lived the dream of the prime kings
0: and the drama queens, I'd like to think the best of me is still hiding. heard that song. At the time, I was living two hours away from my high school. Um, I was, my mom, my grandmother, super poor. We were living, I was living with my grandmother in a one-bedroom old um, folks home um, where it was a 55-plus community, but I was there with my grandma, mm-hmm. slept on the couch, had all my clothes in a bin. I went to this high school where it was like just very top of the line or uh, upper middle class school and I always just felt like less than through middle school through high school and I was always just like I'm just a piece of shit like I just I'm not smart I was in special ed I had no money I was like I'm not like why am I here I mean there were times where I thought about suicide because I was just like, literally, I compare not uh, nothing to these kids. Like, I have no future. I don't even. Ha- how am I going to go to college? How am I going to pay for it? Yeah. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. And it just every time I looked at my future, it just looked bleak. Yeah. And it just felt like the beginning of my life was so shitty mm. that I was like, how can I move past this? So when I heard this song for the first time, I was like, I can, I can actually make something of myself. I don't have to trap myself into these thinkings of what I'm thinking I am I'm thinking and putting these labels on myself but no one else is thinking that of me I can rise above it like mm-hmm. I wasn't the popular kid I wasn't the best dress I didn't have anything I had to ask for help for everything at that time and so when I heard this I was like oh there is another side outside of high school Ah, And I just remember when I heard this song, this was probably like a prayer of mine when I used to pray back in the day. I used to always say, Lord, please don't let me die in high school.
2: Mm, that's interesting.
0: Because I used to say, I don't want to die miserable. I was like, I want to experience success, mm. happiness, love, because everything around me was just shit. And I used to say, Jesus, please don't let me die in high school. I just want to know what it's like to feel accepted, to feel a part of something, to feel love. And this song, No Such Thing by John Mayer, just helped me realize that there was something else outside of high school.
2: Gave you something to hold on to.
0: Yes. And so that's when I started to, like, create a blog where I'd put, like, my—here's my 20-year plan. Here's—I want to— own a magazine one day I want to buy a TV and radio station I want to own a corporation a production company mm-hmm. and that's when all these dreams started to form and when I really started to harness on my work ethic and yeah. my uh, my passion and what I didn't know was my creativity at the time but what I've learned since then is that's I was very creative I just it just works in a different way yes Um. but that all that song did that for me so that's why when people trash John Mayer, I'm like, but you don't know. Mm. Part of that song saved my fucking life. Yes. But that's how powerful music is. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Man. Absolutely.
0: So with that being said, <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to actually get through some questions that yes. okay. you asked. So we'll, we'll if we, like, have long conversations like that, we'll just try to, like, pick them out Um. Let's but
2: see. pick up questions. Yeah,
0: pick out questions and do at least just one.
2: Yeah, I got time. We got this it's Friday. Got a lot of yeah, listening. I, to be able I able to do, do, do got some stuff to do, but I'm
0: going say we got. I gotta go pick fine. up Abe in a little bit. All right. Oh man, this is interesting. This is from Grace. Okay. She said, Grace. "How?" And by the way, uh, this is from the Miguel and Holly Fam slash Platypus Posse group oh, that yes. you can find on Facebook under the Miguel and Holly uh, Facebook page. Indeed. How did you guys determine your radio host style individually and as a morning show together? I'm what gonna an say it again.
2: Interesting question.
0: How did you guys determine your radio host style individually and as a morning show together? Hmm. Um Wow,
2: that's a good question. That is.
0: I will say for for me, that comes from the morning show i grew up listening to in atlanta the Burt show yeah mm-hmm. um my concept of morning radio there was a couple of shows before that that i listened to in atlanta growing up like uh the morning x it was like the alternative station on uh, 99x that we all listened to and they always was like it's so different from alternative radio now because they were like classy sophisticated morning show oh. um that would like play like classical music behind their talk breaks and stuff it was what? Fast. This is this was Atlanta Rock Girl. This was like the era. Like this is they're the station that launched. Um. Gosh, REM. Oh. Uh, back in the day. Okay. Like, So it was just it, it was a vibe. Bumper
2: music. Like, yeah, it so was weird. such
0: a vibe. Um, and their morning <laughs> show was Barnes, Leslie, and Jimmy back in the day. Um, and they would do like these crazy ass stunts. They were super like Gen X sarcastic. Then uh, there was this Top 40 morning show called Steve and Vicky. They were, like, very, like, hokey, like, late 90s type of show with, like, horoscopes and Vicky's quickies. Where they would talk about American Idol and stuff. Mm. And then the Burt show came along in 2001, and it was like what we were watching on MTV at the time, like The Real World, Road Rule, stuff like that, where it was just none of them were putting on a facade. Like, the I remember I was listening the first day when Burt was like, I've always been a sidekick and a producer. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. We're just, we're going to figure it out. He was like, this, and it was like a new station that had just been created out of thin air. Wow. And they were like, we literally have zero people listening right now. We have no clue we're doing so. Hope you stick around and we're going to figure it out. And they hired a girl that had been on, um... The real world, Seattle, Lindsay. She was on the show. Wow! And so th- they were. That was like the zeitgeist of like where we were as a culture, and it was in a morning radio show. Yeah. Whoa. And so I've listened to them since then. And so how, as a host, how I set up breaks, how I explain things, how I reset things. A lot of that comes from his show. Um, so when it comes to my style. But since then, I've taken bits and pieces from different morning shows and mentors that we've met through the years. But I would say the basis for me personally would be the Burt Show in Atlanta.
2: That makes sense. Holly? Um, It took me a second, but I realized, okay, see, I didn't start in radio thinking I was going to do a morning show because (laughs) I think even still when I started in radio, I was still a little bit, I I was still a little shocked to find myself there. Mm. Like when I grew up listening, I grew up listening to Johnny D and Leanne in Cleveland. Mm. And Leanne, I love her. She, I follow her on Instagram and stuff now. And I'm still kind of like, oh my God, Leanne Summers. Like
0: what? <laughs>
2: but I didn't ever think I could do that. I did not think that was an available thing that I could do. It just, I know that sounds dumb, but I, it never occurred to me that that was a job I could have. Mm. I just didn't. Uh, so then when I actually got started in radio and I, after I graduated college, um, I started my. Uh, doing a midday show on a couple of different stations. And what was the question exactly?
0: It was, how did you guys determine your radio host style? Radio
2: host style. Mm
0: -hmm. Individually and as a morning show together.
2: Okay, so radio hosting style. Now, keep in mind, I was not doing a morning show. I was doing a, a midday show in which you don't have a lot of time to talk. Utah, we all know that that whole thing uh, because you just basically talk in between the songs.
0: And that's what Scott does now on mm-hmm. Hot 101.5. That's you right.
2: Know, does the midday show. Dee-dee. And so it was supposed to be, quote, unquote, companion listening. And so I always just figured it's my job to be as memorable as possible um, in between the music to try to make you smile or laugh or feel not alone. And the only, And at that time in my life... I was so impressed and awed by Dane Cook. <laughs> like, mm. I know, just whatever. Uh, mainly it was the Harmful of Swallowed album that he had out. Uh, and so literally I stole his delivery style. Mm. My on-air delivery was Dane Cook. That's right. That's where I got it from because it was so funny to me. The way he delivered his, his line, the way he, his delivery, his cadences, to this day, I think I still use a little bit of it. And so Harmful Have Swallowed, and I think the next one was Retaliation. Those comedy albums totally shaped who I was as an on-air personality because I didn't... It wasn't until three years ago, y'all, that I even realized who Holly O'Connor is. Uh, so I had to do something, and I was just so... I. I loved Dane Cook. He was so funny and so witty and so sharp and quick. I was like, if I can do that, I got it. Mm. So as an individual radio personality, I totally based my entire thing on Dane Cook. And I did that throughout my entire solo career. And when I got to morning radio, since, again, that had never really been a job that I thought I could have, I didn't have, like, what Miguel had. Like, I didn't, I was never at any point tracking or paying attention to morning show delivery or bits or i didn't know how it worked i had no idea so i started with kramer that we talk about sometimes um who we talk about sometimes and i didn't know what i was doing and so he basically typecast me into one of the members of the burt show that miguel just talked about Mm -hmm. so he decided i was the melissa of the burt show i didn't know who the fuck that was (laughs) (laughs)
0: like who's melissa carter
2: I didn't know, but he wanted me to be his Melissa. We just tried to, like, play off of each other. That's what I thought you did. I didn't I, I didn't know. And so when Miguel came in, obviously, in case you haven't noticed, Miguel and I have some good chemistry together as humans. Um, we call each other radio soulmates. And so I think Miguel, us being friends, shaped how we do this show. Yes. Like, I don't do comedic delivery like Dane Cook anymore. I do sometimes think I do, by the way. Have <laughs> <If laughs> you ever to Dane, Dane Cook? I sometimes, if I, especially if I'm angry, <laughs> I go into <laughs> Dane Cook mode. But um, the way that we host the show is based on a mutual respect and friendship that came from us being friends.
0: Absolutely. Now, so I was going to say that as a show, that has evolved. Yeah. Um. Because when I first started as, uh, like, the, the the lead person who's, like, opening up the breaks and the, whatnot.
2: The main, like, ho- the first host. Right. Whatever.
0: Um, I, because when I first started doing it, I was with our other co-host, Mandy, who we worked with in Panama City. And I knew for her, like, because she wasn't used to being, like, t- number two. It was before Holly, you joined us. Yeah. And so I sort of at that time was listening to a lot of Elvis Duran in New York. Mm. And I'm like, he's got, like, 18 people in studio. So he's just got to, like, I always said that at that time when I was hosting that I'm just a, a train. Like, I just keep on going, just oh, plow right on through. Gosh, yeah. Um, And then I realized later on, after a few months, when Holly came on, um, and then especially once we got here to Tampa when we – it was sort of we had to be a train again because we could only talk for two minutes at a time. Yeah. That I'm like, my brain just doesn't work like that. And for me to be the best that Miguel Fuller can be as a talent, I need a second. So, like, I can't – because I used to say, well, when you go through, like, station business talking about events and stuff, you've got to, like, rattle it off and go real fast. And I'm like, that's not how my brain works. Yeah. If I – if you're saying hey, I need you to talk about this thousand dollar contest we're doing, but you gotta do it real fast and just just throw it <laughs> in at the end.
2: You can tell when Miguel <laughs> does not understand the assignment.
0: No, he did not understand the assignment. He did not
2: understand the assignment, but it's what but that's why you need like you're so good at doing it the way that you do it. Right. If someone asks you to do it in any type of different way, it it falls apart
0: it does because that's when we had one boss here who wanted to mold me in a certain way and so I would try to do that and that and that's just not how my brain works and the minute that we got boss man Will who said be y'all to me that's when the show started to change because like, I don't mind. Like, this is not my show. This is our show together. Mm-hmm. So I don't always have to be talking. I don't always have to open up a break or whatever. Like, it's all of us. And so if there are times that you two go back and forth, I'm literally, I'm just like, this is entertaining. I'm just sitting back and just listening, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: I don't have to always be front and center. And that's, yeah. that's okay with me. So it has changed over time. And especially with you coming on, Scott, to the show. And then you... Becoming a stronger voice and finding your voice and how finding to, your place, right? Yeah. Between the two of us, that's
2: tough. I I even told Miguel when you first started becoming a more recurring character because you were at the time, a yeah. re, just a recurring character. I was like, God, I do not envy him because could you imagine as a young person walking into an already established show, trying to like just jump in like it's fucking double dutch? Yeah, right. it does
1: feel like that in the beginning for sure.
2: I, I was like. God bless it. I hope he, I hope he lasts. <laughs> I was like, it's got to be so tough to know. It is like double dutch because you you got to know where it would be appropriate to jump in and where it's not, and you just figured it out. Well, actually, is
1: really cool to like think back because one, like, obviously, like it's always a huge part of y'all like giving me the opportunity because there's definitely a direct in the beginning of like Scott, what do you think, or Scott, what do you like, you know. Pulling me into the conversation, which was a great way to, like, lead, and I know a lot of other hosts wouldn't do that. Like, it's just, it's, you know, you just know there's definitely shows where it's, like, it's not yes. as trusting yeah. to bring in that new person. But also, it's really cool to, like, think of, and I think, you know, I try to explain to a lot of people is, like, having that mutual trust, like, when it's, like, the conversation's just happening, and it doesn't feel like, oh, my gosh, we're putting on a show. It feels like, all right, we're just chatting about this one topic, and it's, yeah. like, we know it is just, it's so cool to see, you know, I think back to myself three years ago when I was just in this room and I was just watching, I had no idea what was happening. And now being a part of the conversation where it's like, I know where both of y'all are going to go with something. I know how something's going to slowly flow into the way that we want it to go. Like the way that we naturally would have that conversation, which is just so cool. And it's also just cool to see that it's this, again, it's this, the trust that sits there and understanding that it's like, all right, yeah, I could sit back and let a conversation happen. I could jump in and Y'all can trust me to have a conversation and know that it's not going to just derail and go into, like, the deep end and just sink, right. which would be horrible. It's just really cool to watch that evolve, and it's special. And it, it really is. It comes from a place of just being naturally just friends and understanding and actually, you know, like each other, which is, again, I'll say it over until I'm blue in the face. Like, I, it's crazy to hear other shows, like, and you hear them off air, and they actually, like, don't like each other. I'm like, I don't know how you would do it. I don't know how it, like, again, I know it's happened. I know y'all have been in crazy situations, but... I would just be so uncomfortable, like, spending all, like, a third of my day, like, faking it with a group of people. I'd be like, ah, how do you do yeah, it? Yeah, it's pretty shitty. It sounds shitty. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds horrible because it's, like, so much. It would just feel, like, literally exhausting. And I know y'all have experienced. It was. But, a good yeah, yeah. It, it was. Just, it Soul feels crushing. exhausting. So it's, like, again, it's always that gratitude of, like, it's just so cool to walk into, like, the first actual radio show that I'm on and have that established trust and that – just good friendship sitting there instead of walking in and be like, all right, I'm just trying to survive until I get to the next step. It's like, no, I genuinely enjoy just having the conversations. It's
2: just fun.
0: And I think, Janet, if that's what I was going to end it with on the YouTube, uh, Holly, you want to read her comment? Can you see it?
2: Yes, I can, but I'm not sure what it means. I think, is I it think being, be- being, being humans. humans. Oh, got mm-hmm. it. I think being humans is what makes your show the best. Sorry. Yeah. My brain went. Mm-mm. Uh, I think being humans is what makes your show the best, which sounds easy in a way, right? Like, you're like, okay, we're all humans. We're not trying, like, we're just all being human. But you don't understand. Like, it's different because there is this vulnerability that needs to happen. And so many humans don't know how to actually be vulnerable. Right. So, yes, like, we're all just being human with each other. But we know we're safe.
0: And I also think too.
2: No, that's okay, Janet. She's like, "Sorry about my English." I'm like, "No, no, I just my brain had had a mess up. I apologize."
0: And I I think that part of it for me is once we got past one boss that we had, where I felt like we had to be perfect that there couldn't be any mess ups on Ah, the air.
2: And by the way, whose idea of perfect?
0: Right. Exactly. Right.
2: Who sets that bar and? You will never reach it.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, and to me, once I realized that I am imperfect, Holly's imperfect, everyone is imperfect, but what makes what I figure for me a good host is how to, when we do mess up, point it out, laugh at it, and then keep going.
1: Yeah, as your friends
0: would. Right. And not let it derail the show. Like. I mess up all the time. I say stuff wrong. I mean, just today, I got the artist wrong. For, like, <laughs> you said, I, Wiz right, I Wiz
2: said Wiz Khalifa. Right, I said Wiz
0: Khalifa because on my paper, my dis- I was like, oh, that's Wiz Khalifa, but I didn't, like, read it. I yeah, just, just thought, thought. yeah. And so four years ago with another boss, I would have said, we need to redo that. We need to, like, dump it, and we need to, like, I can't have me saying an artist on our radio station wrong. Yeah. But then over time I realized that, like, you listening, half the time, you don't know who the fuck we're playing. Like, nah. you're like, I know the song, but I don't know the artist. And so radio people get this thing in their head where they're like, you've got to say everything right. Ha! Huh! And I'm like, how not bland how and are. wallpaper that is. But you know what? After that, like, that was what, all of seven seconds yeah. that we laughed at the fact that I, I didn't say the right person. Yeah. You said his name correctly. And then yeah. we moved on. I bet you there are so many people now who know what that artist's name is because of that. Yeah. Instead, so if memorable. I just said it correctly, then it just would have gone in one ear and out the other. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I've learned through time to embrace those mess ups. Because embrace
2: the imperfections. Exactly.
0: Because it makes us human. So I think that's what Janeth was trying to say is that those moments like that, those are way stickier and stick out than if we just did it all perfectly. Oh, yeah, that'd be so boring.
2: And it would it's not memorable because, no. you know, who could do it perfectly? A bunch of robots.
1: Right. Oh, God, that's next. They're going to kick us out and just it's fill coming. in robots. Well, there's
2: no emotional connection to a robot. Well, the
1: next thing you know, well, why do you think people talk to Alexa? And she tells stories now. And she also listens and she compliments you.
2: Mm, but you know it's fake.
1: Oh, yeah, but sometimes it feels nice. That's, Welcome
0: that's to the true. And Holly show.
2: But, like, do you see full circle that we've gone <laughs> into emotions are what's needed and feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's how you live. Right. Uh. That's how we. That's how we do. That's that's what's cool about what we get to do. We get to share a human experience with you
0: every day. Mm. Yeah. Scott. What's your social media? At Scott
1: Tavlin. S C O T T T A V L I N.
0: Holly.
2: Radio Holly on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: Uh, let's see if you happen to listen to the podcast today. Is Friday, October fifteenth. Um, So if you get this before this evening, um, (laughs) and I'm about to say there's probably like three people that can get it, but just think I'm putting it out there. You might as well try. Might as well try. We got uh, ticket drops that we have for Miguel and Holly Live happening next Thursday at the Ritz and Ebor on the 21st. So if you want to get free tickets, if you go to the Todd Couples Superstore um, on Nebraska Avenue in Tampa from 5 until 6. yeah. Every 15 minutes, tickets. Boom. And then later tickets. on. Tickets. I'm going to have tickets. And then later on tonight from 8 till 9 at Coyote Ugly in Ebor, uh, you can get tickets every 15 minutes. And, of course, we have the best seat in the house uh, where you can register, where you can sit on, on stage with us. Yeah. On exactly. a couch.
2: So uh, hot 115 com. all thanks to 1-800-ASK-GARY.
0: Absolutely. Please leave us a review and a rating. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.